0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Bots and cons to tech talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined as always by Scott of VectorSigma.info, and Scott, here we are a mischief night. And what if I told you that for one night only, the mask was back? Oh God! Really? <laughs> no, I'm not really gonna wear it the whole time, but I had to do it's the night before Halloween. Like, if there's a night I'm gonna do it, it has to be tonight, right? Yeah, that's fair. Um, so let me give me one second to extricate myself from the mask and the the headset um i'm using a new headset so it it like it's an over year one instead of in year so obviously with the mask it made it very complicated understandable (laughs) so um as i was explaining to chat uh before you had joined us it's the official topic list seems really short we're just doing our usual comprehensive in that now that we have the whole set review of siege 2 uh we're going to break it up bots and battle cards but they're (laughs) they're they cross a wide spectrum so i grouped some of them together uh scott mayer may not like how i grouped them because we didn't really have time to to cover all the bases ahead of time so hopefully this order makes sense
1: I'm sure it'll be fine.
0: Yeah. We'll we'll manage to make it through. Uh mm-hmm. but before we dive into it, Scott, now that we have the full set, any like initial out there thoughts that you want to throw out about the set as a whole leading into the meta, how it changes the old meta, whether you know it's just from a card value perspective, different archetypes, anything. Any generalized thoughts you want to cover ahead of time?
1: That we didn't talk about before, or is it okay to uh
0: I think it's fine to rehash things, especially in light of three-quarters of the way through. We got the Press the Advantage ban, and then we also got uh, a whole lot of information based on the last set of cards. So I don't know if that influenced a whole lot of your early opinions.
1: Um, I think what's most interesting to me is just the the wide variety of uh, both archetype-forcing Uh, characters as well and and some battle cards but it's mostly really on the character side to be honest with you um there's both r-type forcing characters and um like very powerful support characters in certain ways right and what i like is that a lot of the art and when i say r-type i just some of them are just
0: oh sorry everybody we had one of those uh technical difficulties stream dropped out for a little bit so you're going to hear us pick up momentarily and you didn't really miss a whole lot. So here we go. Uh, so, the last thing that I heard you say before it actually dropped out is that, <clears throat> excuse me, the number of, qua- the quantity of characters that are both team defining as well as support characters seems to be significant with this set. And then you start to cut out after that.
1: Yeah, but I think it's, I think it's even, I think it's more than that. I think. When I say, like deck defining, I don't just mean, you know, this guy's stats are better than the guy's stats who are in, that, that exist in the past. Right. Um, in in making decks uh, on my spreadsheets and things like that, getting them ready for the ways that we share them amongst ourselves as a team, um, it's been slower because I I, I, I guess I try to, I try to get things as close to right up front as I can to make sure that when other people are testing them, there's not like, you know, a lot of questions or, or it seems rather obvious what's going on. But anyway, makes sense. But, but regardless of that, I mean, I think, I think the big issue is, um, the, the way in which the decks are built for some of these characters because of the abilities they bring to the table is just so different than other things in the past, whether it's, um, and in conversations, you know having not physically obviously played with the cards even proxies at all Mm. um in just theory crafting conversations the way that the decks play out is just much different because of some of the synergy that the characters have like you know um uh, a plethora of battle masters or there's extra card draw or there's extra ways of getting upgrades out or there's extra ways of getting actions and, and things like that and it forces you to have to change how the decks themselves are being created, right? Um, and not and and played. And I I, I can't remember. It, it's it's closest, I guess, you could say, to like the way that combiners like just played out differently. Like that would be the I can see that. I can I can come up with. But I think it's even more. It, it's just it's on a wider scale because a lot of the characters are like one ofs. So, um, you know, if you've never played a game with XYZ character, you know, from other waves, it may just be like, okay, whatever, I- I've never played with this guy that has these stats or something like that. And it's not that big of a deal, like, how do I adapt to, like, this guy that has low defense or something like that, like, like, something random. But but here, it's like, you're if you don't have the time to, to figure it out, like, you're just going to be missing an entire, like, archetype, for lack of a better term.
0: That makes, that makes, sense. makes, that makes and I, sense. No, I I follow you on that. I mean, Battle Masters to an extent opened up a number of other possibilities, but I think the idea that they provide you additional flips is not as significant as... I, it, I don't want to make it sound like it's not as powerful as some of the things that we've seen in Siege 2, because it is significant in that it opened up a number of additional strategies and it's something that you have to consider when you're building your team or what other teams could be out there but i can definitely get on board with the idea that the strategies provided by the characters in this set the way you have to go about constructing your deck thinking about other decks has now an an extra column so to speak of like these are all the additional considerations that are drastically different from what we saw before.
1: Yeah. And I also think, I think this probably just comes with as more cards are released. I mean, like that your, your old, your old, I don't want to say staples, but like your old, like cards, you would just be like, okay, I'm just going to play this card. Like y- you don't, you, they get replaced Yes, for various reasons, whether it's the character synergy hmm. or whether it's the, you know, just a better battle card that's available or something like that. And I guess yeah, that just didn't happen as often even through the first three ways. I mean, obviously it happens as more cards come out, but it's, it, it seems to be more pronounced now because, like, I, I just i am not being able... I'm not... I either need to find room for the new cards to make sure that they're being used or I just need to understand that they are more powerful than old staples and maybe I just haven't reached that point yet, but...
0: Well, like you said, as new cards come in, obviously this was going to happen, and it's not a matter of, oh, well, they printed this thing that's ten times better than the previous card. It's just as things evolve, as everybody, as the players evolve, really, getting more familiar with the game, the way you look at it, ideas from before, or the way the new metas need to be attacked, or new threats need to be defended against, the value of certain things change. Yeah, exactly. So... I Unless you had any other initial thoughts, I think that's a good preface for everything we're going to get into so we can dive into the bots, at least. Yeah, sure. So we'll jump in. We're going to talk about some of the more, what Scott was alluding to, deck-defining characters, or at least I thought I grouped them that way. We'll find out if I did. <laughs> um, the The first one up is actually going to be one that we talked about pretty recently, and that's Springer. This guy, I know we had said it when we we talked about him. Initially, he didn't thrill me. He seemed like he was a pile of stats and, hey, you have this ability that'll never go off, but it turns out it's not actually that difficult. 12 stars isn't, you know, like the jump between 12 and 13 is kind of wide as far as, you know, you, you get a lot more options with what you could do with 12, but... Do, is this guy qualifying to you, Scott? Is actually deck defining, or is this guy just propping something else up? And really, your mid range guy is the the star.
1: Uh, no, this guy's deck defining because of uh, the extra. I mean, both the card draw or card sift, I guess you would call it. Mm. Although there is draw getting rid of one and drawing two
0: is obviously. Yeah, you are uh, net positive he, on that,
1: right? Being ahead. Um, but his 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 seven card flip to mode ability, I mean, essentially is giving you an extra turn's worth of actions. Yes. Um, Action phases, I should say. Um, And that is I guess more powerful than it was in the past simply because um, we never really have had a character that has been able to facilitate this much uh play like you know playing of cards right. all within the same shell like you don't really even need i mean there are there are partners that make it uh more efficient but in reality i mean like he draws the cards you need to play the cards that you will have the ability to play like I, exactly it's, it's difficult to get everything all in one package and he has done that it seems sort of. i mean the other
0: comparison that i think most people will jump to is uh Lieutenant Bumblebee, or trusted Lieutenant Bumblebee, the Wave Two Bumblebee, with whatever mm-hmm. the hell his subtitle is, uh, Trust lieutenant, yeah, yeah, it's tr- I can't, I couldn't remember exactly what yep. it was. Um, I think the comparison there is reasonable, but Springer does a number of things uniquely different. For example, Bumblebee requires an attack to draw the cards; he doesn't. Correct. Springer gets you more stuff from the flip. Now, granted. The more stats, the more stuff, whether it's the draw or the ability, comes at the cost of two additional stars, which, just like we were talking about the gap between 12 and 13 is big, the gap between 10 and 12 is is potentially bigger, uh, and how much it influences. So by definition, this guy is going to be deck-defining, because you're sinking so many pregame resources into including him. If you're not taking huge advantage of him, I'm not sure why you're playing him.
1: Yeah, and I think what I think one corollary to that is is I think part of what may seem uh, was difficult to evaluate, I mean, upon first glance, was is probably that his alt modes are for lack of a better term, kinda of useless. Um Yeah. I mean they're, the, they're the text not... box
0: is okay, but yeah, truck and helicopter aren't thrilling.
1: Yeah, so at that point, like that's usually the first place that you're trying to find deck synergy or right. power, I guess you could say. And, and then that just doesn't exist here. And I, and it's actually fine because right. I think it would probably be like, I don't know, almost too good. If it was a, if it was, uh, alt modes that were more ubiquitous in the meta.
0: Yeah. Although by the same token, I mean, he's, he's specialist. So you don't get the range package. the, outside of cars yes there are useful cards but that I think has been the premier alt mode kind of thing so you don't mm-hmm. you don't necessarily like yes clearly shockwave decks use UFO to strong advantage because he's a spaceship but whatever shockwave was going to be tagged UFO probably would have been renamed and assigned to that because the intent presumably in the design phases was that's a thing like you said I don't think the lack of quote unquote useful alt modes really is that much of a knock against him. I think that's a a common trait across the board where it's very difficult to take advantage of those at least right now.
1: yeah, the one thing you can take advantage of is I think he's the best um he's the triple changer I feel that actually wants to be flipping into different modes as opposed to oh just, with
0: a uh, conversion c- engine.
1: yeah, as opposed to like just sitting in one
0: yeah that makes sense well,
1: so like the other ones just seem to be one to be sitting in their mood that's most efficient to them and then potentially flip to another one that might be at that point in time the best thing you can be doing at that time but not necessarily like uh wanting to have an active flip into that mode if that makes sense
0: i follow you yeah it the only one, if we go way back to Wave 2, I guess Blitzwing could make use of Conversion Engine to some extent, but I agree with you that the vast majority of the other ones, if not all of the other ones, it's a nice to have where there are going to be fringe cases where Sandstorm, or not Sand, is it Sandstorm, the, the other Autobot one? Yeah. Um, obviously, if you hit the appropriate tribe on the other side, you're going to want to switch modes, but beyond that, I don't want to say who cares, but I agree with you that this guy wants to be moving around as much as he can. There's an advantage to actually flipping,
1: where I, I think that uh, the other ones just didn't have that. So Yeah,
0: or at least not something, in, advantage enough to justify it. Whereas that flip could potentially, yeah, you get the bonus with Sandstorm, but maybe that flip would have been better used on one of your other characters just to, to do something else, whatever that something else is. Yeah, and I think, they, I think they might have even known that because, I mean,
1: it, it was kind of like, I don't know, like, Blitzwing had relevant combat tribes, like, relevant tribes, so, like, yeah, you know, you could play Hunker Down, you could play a, a Bombing Run or something like that, but, like, you know, the old Springer really wasn't flipping into modes that were, yeah. were relevant, just like this one, so, I mean, like, if that's all they really had going for them mm. back then, uh, this is a way to actually like make this significant.
0: Yep. Yeah. I, I'm in agreement with you. I have a lot of things in mind that I want to play with Springer. Obviously he's going to be deck to finally, like we said, he, he makes up a good chunk of your team, but still allows you for some flexibility that I think there's a number of different builds that can utilize him. And he does enough unique things. It's a, it's another one of those that, There's so much card text on him that it feels like he has to have a place. Mm -hmm. Granted, it's only one ability in each mode, but all of those abilities are good, and it's very hard to find characters that have three positive abilities across their modes.
1: And it's difficult to find a character that doesn't care which mode they're in from a combat perspective, because all the stats are the same.
2: Yes, that's also true.
1: There's actually no relevant combat text i mean obviously getting extra actions and upgrades is a is good for combat yeah but, it into, it. Mm-hmm. yeah but there's no actual like you know i get bold in this mode or i get tough in this mode and, and there's no decision making from that perspective right and it's uh it's also rare to find a character that uh outside of a lot of combiner teams to be honest with you that has a like a, a mode you can flip to on right away that that gives you some advantage
0: yeah I'm definitely with you on that. He he provides I don't want to say unique again, so I'll say abnormal abilities compared to exactly what you describe most other characters have some directly combat related abilities such as bold or tough or do you know something along those lines impacting how hard you're going to punch or get punched. Obviously, you know, playing extra actions or whatever to power him up or power his team up leads to more damage but you have more flexibility as to what you want to do Mm -hmm. so i really like springer i was never like i never really cared about springer as a character but the card is is winning me over
1: i liked him on the cartoon
0: i mean i didn't have a problem with him but he was like all right he's he's one of the good guys all right whatever i don't know i was never attached to him myself (laughs) okay other than the one line from the movie, obviously, but I mean, it was the first Autobot triple changer, I think, right? That I ever uh, saw cartoon play, I think. right? Probably. I'm trying to. I'm sure there's one that's a technicality no. or something. I'm trying to think. Well, I mean, yeah, if you don't want to count, like, I, I don't, I don't even think so.
1: Like, like unless you want to count that, like Perceptor has that base mode or something like that, whatever it was.
0: Uh, yeah that that one's kind of stretching it we'll, we'll <laughs> leave that one alone uh, yep. so i guess we can move on from springer whoop don't want to bring him up again uh the next one up is actually another triple changer now i broke this one out it's octone and i'm probably going to call him octane the entire time spoiler alert uh i broke him out separately from where i grouped the mercenaries in with a few other characters but he, because he is by definition at thirteen stars, you you got to be building your team around him. You're not, I, unless you're going to tell me otherwise, Scott. I can't imagine a build that's focused on the other two guys or that are there. Maybe if it was him and a, uh, a twelve, and you can justify the twelve as the quote unquote main character.
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm trying to to reach for this, but I don't think it's possible. But I do. Like this guy a lot for a number of reasons, and feel free to jump in if I'm stealing all your points, but I mean, having built-in Plasma Burst seems great it, across a number of different things. The access to all the new Mercenary cards seems fantastic. The fact that he, if the Plasma Burst and the Mercenary cards don't do it for you, he's an 8 health attacker with relevant other stats, so we're not talking a Inferno. From wave one where he's eight attack and like okay his other stats are, are not great like his health specifically we're looking at more health than battlefield legend and he punches just as hard granted in that mode you won't get the flip but still um it, it seems like he's answering everything you want in that cornerstone character or providing everything you want
1: uh, i would agree i mean uh the love of direct damage aside um, but it's kind of hard to ignore it um, yeah, he the mercenary cards to me are so given the recent bannings um <laughs> yeah they they're they're there really is uh, really honestly, like I think outside of confidence and outside of like i I guess if you want to argue that like using a character's unique weapon falls into this, there really isn't a whole lot of reason to be Autobots or Decepticons, like, unless a card, usually, like, a character ability, usually, like, you know, like a kickback-type ability, or, like, a... I think that's probably, like, you know, a
0: swarm, like, you know, like... Yeah. Or, like, a... a Or, by definition, they are only one faction, you're saying? Right, right. Like, so there really is, I mean, I can't It's like really confidence, it and that's about it. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. up to this point, exactly. how many... I mean, I know I've built decks myself with Swindled, but, like, <laughs> it's... <laughs> you're not really going out of your way to be like, oh, yeah, now I'm playing Swindled.
1: Right. So, so that being said, like, I think you are trying to go out of your way to play Mercenary cards. Absolutely. Because, and I don't, I haven't even been able to really craft like, all of them. But, I mean, I can, I can, I can't imagine that any deck that features Mercenaries as, and I think we're probably going to get into this later with other characters. I mean, I know I had them on, when I did my pre-list, but, like... Mm. There's, there's there's certain ones that like you're, you're going to want to play the Opportune X. I think they're both called Opportune. Yeah, right? Repair and Offensive. Yeah, so I guess I just feel like you're always going to want to play them no matter which mercenary you're playing, assuming that you have your other two partners being the correct faction or the same faction, I guess, just to make sure right. that they're live cards. Um, so both those cards are above the curve. Like, from a pip perspective
0: and from, and from a ability perspective. I mean, really, and not to break your train of thought, but I feel no, like no. all the mercenary battle cards are, I guess, maybe not coup, because it it just does the one thing. So, it's, it, I guess that one doesn't quite count. But if you, all of them have strong pips, they have, and I, I take that back, I guess, valuable contract. The, uh, the thing gives something else bounty. I don't know if we're counting that, but. That's not a bounty. It's not a bounty. It's yeah. A so. Part. Uh, but all the, you know, opportune offensive, um, the the double black pip ones, all of these do something, multiple somethings that are positive and have strong pips. So I think bringing it back to Octane that like that's a valid reason. And to your point, we don't really have a I'm starting with battle cards. Therefore, I'm going to go to these characters as much. Or it doesn't feel that way. Like, yes, you had Dino Chomp or, like you said, Swarm that would force you into certain tribes or certain archetypes or whatever. But it this feels different because of the, the simultaneous tribal with Mercenary, but genericness of, oh, well, I can opportune offensive any Decepticon sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, we're getting we're getting all this in, like, a very easy-to-run package. Exactly. And, and again, like, I, I guess, I'm just surprised that they're, they're, the, and in the article that introduced the mercenaries, they kind of talked about this, but, like, uh, there wasn't, again, like, there wasn't a huge push for the other factions throughout the first few waves uh, uh, for being those factions, so I'm su- I'm so su- I'm kind of surprised that there is this much incentive to be a mercenary when there wasn't this much incentive to be anything else.
0: Now so. to be to be fair, I mean I I get what you're saying, but at the same time I I'm very curious how many mercenaries we're going to see going forward. And the reason I say that is it's entirely possible that this is a self-contained idea and therefore this is the opportunity to do it. They're not, if they don't do it in future sets, well, they're not going to get any buffs. Whereas clearly we're going to get more Autobot or Decepticon cards down the line. Um, so it may have just been, Hey, we got to get these guys in and we have to wedge in their support also.
1: Yeah. I guess it just depends on where they want to take this concept, I guess.
0: Right. I mean, we've talked, I'm sure as a lot of people have speculated offline, um, I know I have with a number of people that, are we going to see Quintessons or other non, we'll call them the two, the big two factions? Mm-hmm. Are we going to see those other ones down the line? Do they interact with these? Uh, I played other games where these sort of things were introduced. And then it gets very interesting to me from both a gameplay, obviously, but also a design perspective of If you take yourself out of the game and I look at how are they going to accomplish some of these goals. uh, And, I mean, in this case, to not digress too much, I think they hit a home run with this because there's a huge incentive to play these cards. Uh, Both the characters as a result of the battle cards, but the other way around as well.
1: Yeah, and uh, again, I, I guess I just don't feel like there's a huge incentive not to play these characters.
0: Yeah, there doesn't but, uh, appear to be a drawback, especially, like you said, in light of the recent ban. It's just, I mean, I guess we probably would have seen them in some capacity anyway, since they could dodge it themselves anyway. But, yeah, I I don't see a reason not to play these guys. Now, some of them are better than others, but Octane specifically, he does, again, it's another one of those, he has so many relevant positive abilities plus strong stats and relevant tribes and and this and that and it's just like that's a giant pile of good stuff
1: yeah and i I, and and to wrap it back to like to to bring it full circle around him specifically um Mm. i think i think one of the things that that he has going for him is that i think i well I don't know if it's true necessarily with the other one, some of the larger mercenaries, because I think they they might all operate on the same thing. I just think he probably just does it the best mm-hmm. in that he, because by definition he should be the centerpiece of the deck at his cost, um, he should be the character that can take advantage of the the... I don't know how you want to describe it, but like the, the cards that work best with the mercenaries themselves, as opposed to the opportune cards that work best with the partners. Right. So, uh, so, like, so the you know,
0: mercenary focus stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he, he works best with the mercenary focused cards because I mean, he should, because he costs the most, he has therefore the most opportune, like he should be the centerpiece of the deck. So therefore he should be the last character alive. Um, right. Even if things aren't going, aren't going well. Um, But at the same time, because he is so large and is so much of a focus, he also can allow the other characters to run the support, so therefore they should be able to use Opportune Offensive or the other cards that the Mercenaries help with. Right. So I think he's just the center... He's just the way of showcasing these cards best, and I think that's probably, you know, a smart move, considering he's, like, probably, I would think, like, one of the... I mean... Being the super, one of the super rares, like one of the, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Like signposts or like focuses of the set, like, you know, yeah, like one of the I got shining you. stars. I don't know what you want to call it. But. Yeah,
0: he's definitely a spotlight here. And I, I agree with you that he, I guess, hypothetically, whatever one was the biggest, and then when we get to her later, I think whatever one was the smallest, we're going to be the ones that would end up being the showcase mercenaries. I am I know you're, and again, we'll get to them shortly, but I'm not as high on the, the ones that are in between Nightbird and Octane. I feel that the they, because of the way Nightbird can more readily fit into stuff to give you access to the Mercenary cards, and then Octane defines the deck and is able to, because of his giant stat block and abilities, allows you to just dictate things with those other cards— both of them were were kind of going to be whatever character ended up in those slots was going to be driving a lot of these decks now obviously it could have gone south for any of them but i think bringing it back to octane that it worked out okay he seems like he has what it takes
1: yeah I, and i think he actually does a better job of of. Um, playing both sides of the fence of using the cards themselves and facilitate for other characters better than Nightbird mm-hmm. does um, right. on the opposite side. So Yeah. Um, because he's going to... He, there's just the potential... like He should be alive the longest, so therefore these, these double black cards that work well with the mercenaries themselves should get a lot of use from him.
0: Exactly. You have at least the opportunity to get multiple uses. And it, I think it comes back to one of those where the way the card is designed it's not trying to do multiple things i mean it does do multiple things but it's not trying to pursue like wildly diverging strategic paths so as a result everything just kind of piles up and it does stuff really well
1: yeah i don't think i don't think this character on our list but I, I do think that detritus does a pretty decent job of doing all these things as well um, mm-hmm. I don't think just, it's just because he's the 12 and octane to the 15, but I mean, I mean, 13, I mean, I think it just happens to be that way, but, but I think that, um, I think they both do it pretty well from this perspective. I just think octane is just on another level as to how he does it. Yeah, I think,
0: and that may be detritus is that. Det- Detriment. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I was, I was debating. I'm like, is that too much? It, but I think his biggest problem, and you're right, he, he wasn't on the list, but since we're bringing him up, that it, at least for me, I'm very much going to go, I have Detritus, I have this, the remainder of the team, and I set it up this way. I could just change out these characters and get Octane. And I, it, there are clearly going to be scenarios where detritus has the advantage i don't know how many of those are going to end up being uh, you know edge cases i mean i will say the one
1: thing i like about detritus is i think his flip to all mode is better than either one of octane's flip into all modes because i just don't think the one damage well, is all that relevant
0: no the one damage is probably not going to matter uh, i i don't know how often playing a free black card is black paper card is going to matter uh, it can matter though. Like I think, well, I think it, you it can build
1: the deck to make it ma- to make it matter. It's actually an ability can. I forgot he even had to be honest with you. So I'm well, I be- <laughs> it,
0: so. yeah. When I was looking at him again, it um he made me start thinking about all the other characters because now I think we have one for every pip color. I think because I know Cinder Sword does orange. I think Chromia does blue. Um, well, she only plays a blue armor. Yeah, uh, But we we have a number of different cards that let you play free stuff, so it was coming to mind when I was looking at him.
1: How, do, how does... He,
0: um, total aside, because he's not on the list, how does he work with
1: the opportunity, or the, the mercenary one that gives you the bounty? Like, if you flip and then flip somehow,
0: flip back during the turn, do you mm-hmm. get his bounty ability? So, you're saying you flip into all mode, play it for free, then get back into bot mode? Would you
1: get the bounty, like, or do you have to be in a mode that spots a bounty when you play that card?
0: I'm assuming it's creating a trigger. Like so when you play contract contingency, gives him plus two, and if I recall correctly, because I don't have it in front of me, it's uh if you do four if you do at least four damage, trigger the bounty. If he's not in the mode with the bounty, I don't think it'll see it. Like it won't it won't know. It's not like stamping the bounty when you play it, I guess, is the best way to put it. When
1: chosen character does four or more damage to an enemy without KOing it, use one of the character's chosen bounty abilities. So, okay, so, like, you can get back to that mode. All you, all you have to do up front, I guess, is technically, like, choose one of your characters to get plus to attack. Like, the part about doing, like, actually spotting the bounty isn't until you do the four damage, so you
0: could do that. Yeah, as long as you're in that mode when it happens. Yeah, so that's gotcha. cool. So that's, yeah. that, that's good. Uh, but bringing it back to Octane, I again, he's grouped up here because by definition at 13 stars, you're going to be building the deck around him, and I think he's worthwhile doing so. Uh, and I think he is also up there with the greats of the past because of, as opposed to... And this may sound like a weird comparison, but as opposed to Promo Soundwave or uh, Spy Patrol Soundwave, who essentially comes stapled on with mini cassettes or Spy Patrols, and they eat up stars for arguably mediocre characters. This guy comes stapled on with a bunch of battle cards, which I guess the trade-off is inconsistency. You may just literally never see those battle cards in a given game, but they have a drastic impact. So it it's in my head, I'm grouping them in a similar way. And I think he wins out because of the power level of the cards attached.
1: So I guess the question is, would you play him without the battle cards? Is he that? Well, that's
0: the question. I mean, that's a hard world to imagine because I know what the battle cards do. So um. <laughs> or, I don't, I guess the, like, I don't think I'd want to play him... Well, maybe I would, because it, it, I was going to say I don't want to play him with the Autobot Opportune thing, but at the same time, with 17 health, like, you could get multiple heals off in a game, hypothetically. Um, And, re- like, at three, like we've talked about before, it's a reasonable heal. I just don't know if you can't... Because it, it's not just the effect. It's not like, oh, well, I never drew a dual-wield. So I don't get to do anything cool. It's also I don't get to run these double black pips, which otherwise most decks are not gonna have access to. Yep. So I it's tough to say. I feel like he's would not quite be good enough.
1: See, I think he is. Like I think if you just if you just loaded a bunch of regular old battle cards onto him and got his mm. bounty to go off, you're basically just getting Again, like this is not a world we live in, but like mm-hmm. you're just getting a slightly worse battlefield of legend by doing yeah, you're putting the bat you're you're basically getting the battle card after the fact instead of like in the middle of combat, so it's not as effective against the same character, but it is more effective mm-hmm. when you're spreading the damage like you ultimately want to be doing, so
0: i mean you your you know, ideal scenario is you're flipping direct damage with battlefield legends, so yeah if you're if you're guaranteed to hit it quote unquote every time with him then sure. It's just the... I I don't... The fact that he's a slightly worse Battlefield Legend would be my sticking point of... Okay, what are the, the scenarios where he edges out Battlefield Legend? Because obviously we've seen the power level on that card. Right, but my point
1: is, we live in a world where <clears throat> you also get access to like at least like 9 to 12 to 15 unique cards... And I don't don't mean unique, like, just their octane stamp. I just mean, like, unique because, as we talked about, like, he's probably the mercenary that does all these things best. So... Yeah, for sure. So so now we live in a world where you're getting a slightly worse of, like, arguably the best character in the game. And you're... Oh, by the way, we don't actually live in that world. We live in a world where you actually get all these other powerful cards, too. So... Yeah. Here's everything all in one.
0: Yeah, I think the potential for this guy is fantastic. So, and... It's, there's something about Octane, this is another character that, yeah, I remember the episodes he showed up in in G1, maybe episode, uh, I'm sure he no, was a... it was a 3 part. Well, but I kind of group them together, but it's, sure. it, I'm trying to, where I was going with is like, I'm sure he's a miscolored background character ten episodes later, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, sure. Because <laughs> sure. that happened a lot. Um, But he... Especially in season, especially in season three. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's let's be real. There were some yeah. animation problems across the whole series. Let's let's yeah. give them all their their credit. Um, They're really bad in season three. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny you don't think about it until like I see people talk about it until I went back and rewatched it. I'm like, oh man, whoa. <laughs> um, yeah. But what I was saying is, he was another character that it was like, all right, he was just there to some extent. But I kind of appreciate that this random, obscure character, for most intents and purposes, is getting a showcase like this. I don't know. I'm more fluff-excited about Octane than I am fluff-excited about Springer, and I don't know why. But Is he, quote, irrelevant in like, other media? I think he shows up briefly in the comics. I don't think... I'd have to go check TF Wiki, but I don't think he really shows up. I, I'm sure he does in other ones. I think in um, the Unicron trilogy, he might. I could be wrong on oh, that. Somebody okay. out there will correct me.
1: I know there's a um, basis of Transformers on overall Triple Changers, and that's where I
0: mm-hmm.
1: remember that he was relevant that much in the cartoon, but I don't think he had his own episode. So I was just, you know... I, I Yeah. It was, it was a whole episode on Triple Changers in general, which I watched mm-hmm. during uh, Rise of the Combiners.
0: So. Gotcha. I will say the toy looks cool. I saw somebody tweet a picture of him, Astrotrain, Train, and uh, Blitzwing next to each other from the recent lines, and they look pretty good. It makes me regret cool. not picking them up. But anyway, uh, digression aside, we'll move on from Octane unless you had anything else you wanted to add, Scott. You no, know, Cameron loves our toy talk. and our. Uh, oh, he does? Our, our, our toy hey, toy while we're our, on the subject, Cameron talk, is still yeah Cameron is still raising a lot of money for charity i know this is in the middle and i should have said it at the beginning but definitely check it out if you can it's for extra life arbitrary hero over on youtube figure we'll get it in before i forget (laughs) um so we'll move on from octane so now we're moving into uh some other larger defining characters and this one He's probably going to define your team at 16 stars, and that's Jetfire. He, he, this is another character where it's like, he does so many positive things, and 20 is a lot of health. Uh, it's gotta be good, right, Scott?
1: <laughs> oh, no. Hang on, get, getting the co-host ready. That's, hang on. You're getting the what? Getting the co-host ready.
0: Oh, Okay. <laughs> I thought you dropped off, and I just had to switch over to Discord real quick. I'm like, oh god, did it, it, it? Did it die again? Well, while you're getting them ready, I'll talk. I'll ramble a little bit about Jetfire and just jump in. So, it, like I said, this character feels like it does too many relevant things. Although the bot mode technically is only one ability, it's really effectively two battle cards. So, if we talk about, say, Galaxy Prime, the new General Optimus, he has three utility slots. Jetfire effectively starts the game with two utility slots that already have cards in them. And yes, they're not mind-blowing, but they're still solid cards. Uh, The obvious issue will be, are you okay with the partners that you can squeeze in at those stars? But the phrase we've usually called is, if you Voltron the guy, load him up with a bunch of stuff, you can make a very threatening single character here and a very sturdy one as well. I mean, is, yeah,
1: with 21... Is it 21 health or 20? 20.
0: It's only yeah. 20. Let's not get wild.
1: Sorry, sure, sorry, sure, <laughs> sure. um, I mean, I mean, the decks I've sketched out, I mean, I would imagine that, like, his, his combat stats pre- armor, pre-weapon should be. He's a 6 attack, right, to start with? In bot mode, yeah. He's 5 in the other one. So you're talking about... How do I explain it? Um, It it should not be difficult to get him to be pre-flip, pre-armor, pre-weapon for his stats to actually really read 824. Right. Um... By putting double um, upgrades on top of your deck, and then still having two extra your two extra combat for it.
0: Yeah, and it's real convenient that uh, half of the the typical double pips are upgrades. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even if they're um, they're dead, but this gives you a way to filter them out. So it's not like drawing it is truly dead.
1: I mean, they're far from dead in this deck. They're they're oh yeah, they're honestly some of the best cards that you can draw in in this deck. Which is a which is, you know, which it, again that's part of the, the 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 appeal of this set to me is like I have to look at handheld blaster and improvised shield and like man I hope I draw these yeah how many times you know, have people said of, that like to draw right. them not flip them well that right. that's
0: one other thing to one of your earlier points that Jetfire it, along with a number of other characters in the set and it started with Shockwave in the last one where it's. I, For lack of a better way to put it, the Metroplex effect, where it's you're one tall. Yes, you're technically not one tall with this or Galaxy Prime or Shockwave or pick other character that's an insane amount of stars. But let's be real, like (laughs) your four star partners are probably not carrying the day. You're effectively one tall. And I think it's a very interesting play pattern now that we've had a long time. And I think. Uh, Even Wizards has said this officially that, you know, and you've said it, I think, on the show as well, Scott, that the game is going to trend towards three wide because, you know, you get the most variety, you mix and match stars. It's interesting to me that although this is three wide, it's one wide, effectively.
1: Yeah, I think it's important given certain battle cards and certain interactions with certain characters that he can pour on and he can buy attacking-wise, still get to very large attack numbers mm-hmm. without actually needing to have a weapon.
0: He attack and he protect, as the meme yes. goes. <laughs>
1: yes. Um, so he can get to extremely large numbers without actually having to have a weapon on him, and then when you do have a weapon on him, it's obviously mm-hmm. just going to be even. Less. Yeah. Um, and on the, on the flip side, defensively, you should be in the same situation, although... You know, and again, like, I mean, armor destruction has been around since, since wave one, but, but seen the most easy play. Of course. I mean, I, I played a bunch of true arms in wave one, but it's obviously much better here. Um, y- You know, his his flip is something you want to be doing all the time. Yep. Um. So, like, that makes your rollouts and your escape routes, like, really, really good in this deck. Um, it can be, it can be difficult having played, like, you know, a lot of Battlefield Legend, or I guess he's probably the biggest example, but, like, a lot of your larger star characters early on, um, would have flips that you're like, man, I, you know, I want to flip, but I'm hurting myself in combat tremendously by flipping. Yes. This, this, you would also be tremendously hurting yourself in combat, but, like, you also didn't want to run, like, I'm not gonna run an escape route, Like escape route and battlefield legend doesn't make a whole sense. I'm spending a card to get back a card, right? Then get back to another mode. (laughs) This
0: is (laughs) draw five cards, keep going.
1: (laughs) Right. This is like like get what I need to be able to attack with, and and get back to the mode where I'm insane combat character yeah
0: you kids out there may have heard of this card ancestral recall <laughs> this this one draws a few more <laughs> a couple more yeah <laughs> um, potentially so. yeah exactly well i mean you're gonna be looking at this should at least always be an ancestral recall on the flip and for anybody who has no clue it's a magic card that says draw three cards so universal network access yeah for extremely cheap rate in
1: magic yes <laughs> um. Yeah, um, I mean, this is, this is, I mean, this is by definition deck declining, but I mean, like, to me, this is another example, as I talk, at the top of the show, like, this is, this is how you change how your deck is built. Yes. But but, but what's interesting is in, in the, again, in the verse, sketching out, it's not simply, I'm going to add more upgrades to my deck because I have a treasure hunt built in and because I need to actually, um, you know, pitch a pitch an upgrade to make my combat better because first of all you're actually you're drawing a card so it's like you're not actually like losing a whole bunch of cards out of your hand to do this so yes. drawing and yeah, yeah. discard anyway um but i mean so you want more upgrades in your deck to begin with so like you can you obviously want to slay yourself to like you know away from the 2020 that most decks had been but the action cards you actually want to use you have more options because you have a built-in trigger, so right. that changes so much of what you're actually able to do. Um, and because of, because of the nature of the character being active on both sides of combat, in all likelihood, deck which by then by definition would you so much And when you're not tough or bold based, like a lot of characters, like like if you compare them to like General. This, for example hmm. being double pipped colored in that deck was a way to make up for the fact that like the bold and tough that he gave to himself and his team and the focus allowed you to run a more efficient battle deck like in terms of card quality right Be- and, and you basically just got back to equilibrium Like you were typically flipping two on both sides if you you know especially on attack um but that was really just getting you back to equilibrium. You weren't actually getting like three a lot with the bold, like as you would typically expect in an orange deck. Right. Whereas, whereas here, you can cheat the numbers even more efficiently, in my opinion, and still get very large numbers because you basically have a built-in bold and tough just like that. But you, yep. but the, the, the way to manipulate through the data pad and security console helps that even more.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I I think you pretty much covered it for Jetfire. He, compared to Galaxy Prime, like, I'll admit I it was cool when we first saw him, but now that we have Jetfire, I've kind of forgotten about Prime. And maybe that's wrong and it'll turn out that it's, you know, the other way around. But Jetfire has me way more excited from what he can do than what Prime offered. I think it just I think like you had said earlier, it really just comes down to
1: can you get any value out of star? Right, effective. Yeah, the four and- star guys are going to be the key. Yeah, well, the four star guy is just going to be us people. But like, right, <laughs> um, like, like, do you want to play a five star that that helps you when it's alive, helps you when it's dead, helps you because of its tribe, helps you because of its combat tribe? Like, like, what do you want to do with this? And like. If you want to play too tall, is that even worth it? Like, do you want to play a 9-drop or an 8-drop or something like that that fit? Like, is that good enough? Like, can he can he stand in front of multiple attacks ex- right. in a combat round and you get a second relevant character on attack? That These are the questions that you're going to have to we're gonna have to figure out the answers to.
0: Yeah, but again, I think it's they are interesting questions because it's something that we haven't really encountered up to this stage outside of, well, Metroplex.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen a character at a cost where you can actually include other characters that I really feel like can actually carry a game literally on. Um, and I do believe just based on the simulated combat he can actually do it without benefit of upgrades, which is obviously going to be impossible given it. His- yeah, so.
0: You're going to find upgrades. Yeah. So I think two thumbs up for Captain Jetfire. As we said, he's the definition of deck defining. But it, I'm very curious to see where he lands, and I'm actually genuinely excited to try this guy out. Yeah. Um, so if we move on from there, we have one that I added to the list, and that was Sound Blaster. Uh, I just like this guy. I've been. i We talked about it when he was revealed that he's he's Soundwave i'm gonna <laughs> i'm probably gonna end up calling him that accidentally a lot but he to me he offers because of the regrow and immediately play a weapon um he offers potential both now and going forward so as we get more black pip weapons the repertoire for this guy is only going to expand additionally he's I Because of that, I find him battle deck defining at the very least, but he also changes the way you think about the remainder of your plays. And we did go into this when he was first revealed, because now, okay, maybe you can cut some extra weapons because you're you're getting, quote-unquote, free ones if you can guarantee that he sticks around. Uh, the he, weapon sticks. And yes. Sticks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at 16 health, he should, quote-unquote, but... Yes, there, there is a non-zero chance that somebody could eat him in two attacks, depending on who's actually hitting him. But the fact that it modifies your battle deck so much, hypothetically anyway, and then he also, <clears throat> excuse me, allows you to, it, it's, <laughs> I guess there's something about blasters with free plays. Uh, so he, he sort of simulates the Autobot blaster effect where... At least for one turn, you get a new designs. Now, that's much more restrictive, but something you can more easily prepare for, I guess, compared to the Autobot version where it's just, okay, give me the top card of the deck. Now, you could build the deck so every card is quote-unquote live, but you could also build towards this so that your other plays are relevant. And that's interesting to me on a number of levels because just like Octane and some of the other characters we're talking about, it's not necessarily... Defining from a team composition perspective, because you could theoretically just throw two guys on here. It's also defining from a battle deck perspective more so, I think, than we've seen in the past. Or it, the whole the set as a whole is doing that more often than previous ones.
1: Right, I would agree. Um, I, I think the, the easiest way to look at him is obviously with our Disruptor blades. I think it's the best i think it's the the only one (laughs) well i think it's i I think it's the best statted Mm -hmm. black weapon oh it
0: it definitely is yeah there there are other i'm joking about there being no other black weapons yeah but there's basically no other black pip weapons (laughs) (laughs) right um it gets to the numbers
1: that you actually want to run a weapon for Mm -hmm. um and what i like about it Uh
0: oh he's dropping out there scott what do you like about him
1: (laughs) So at twelve stars, you gain obviously partner options than at thirteen or sixteen. Um, yeah,
0: for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but what I what I like about it also, I think, is a little under the radar is playing with a plethora, of, I would assume, other black cards besides our sort of just to be able to fuel that alone. Mm. Um, means that you're if you like, so if you're going first, let's say, um. Your character against any type of deck that you're attacking with first, normally the, I don't know, the juiciest target. I guess you could say that you're you're offering up right uh, to your opponent actually should get real damage through through black pips, and we've talked obviously numerous times about that. right. They're they're not at the same power level as other ones, but I think this actually opens up an option. Hey, at least you're getting in for something. That I don't think that actually say right. So uh, there's that periphery aspect of it as well.
0: Oh, that that's definitely relevant. And I think it also, from a play pattern perspective, changes things. Because typically it is, well, I save my best attacker for last. Either you want to protect that guy, or you want to make sure that that character is connecting on the appropriate target on your opponent's side. Sound Blaster in a three-wide shell is probably going to be your second attacker, so that you can then turn your third one into another large attacker. Uh, and I, it may not be drastically different, again, especially to the level of some of the other cards that we're talking about, but it is a departure from what we've seen currently.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing he doesn't have going for, I think the only two downsides of him, and these aren't the biggest deal in the world, I mean, first of all, his attack is, is large. Um, yes. I think, I mean, because he's probably going to be a 9 most of the time he attacks himself, which is... You know, quite large. Yes. Um, so there's that aspect for twelve stars. But I don't think you can actually even. I mean, only Nemesis can get there after you reshuffle your entire. So I mean, uh,
0: well, I mean, you got Springer. There's there are a few other options where you could slam a weapon on guys to do that. But I get where you're going with it. But this is quote like for free. Actually, take uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. So,
1: um, I guess before I say the 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 only downside. I will say, like I think, the most important aspect of his finding which other upgrades he pairs with best. Because if you're if you're getting the weapon free, quote unquote, um, you need to use your play for something efficiently. And right. if it's going to be on him, you need to find an armor upgrade that's actually going to help you. And he, he can he can play double duty. A lot of times, you have to basically make decision as to what going to play an armor keep a character. I'm play a, a weapon to make them powerful. He allows you to do both. Exactly. Is, I, get, I think unique. I don't think there's anybody else that does that.
0: Um, I mean, there uh, are ways think- obviously to to accomplish it. You could, but you're not traditionally playing those guys. Like Wave Two Megatron could let you do something like that, but you're getting two, a two star discount for way less stats and way less useful things. I mean, like this is like a ram horn
1: type of. Thing, if right. You think about it that way. Yeah. Um, in reverse. Yep. Uh, I mean, and we, you know, he obviously sees play often, and and it's a very powerful blaster deck by getting that yep. extra play in. This is on that level at the minimum, and then at the, at the max, just moves that weapon then to another role. At a plus one, so it turns the R result of the blade into a tornado. So,
0: exactly. You
1: know, I think the only negatives about him are a low starting defense, which is probably because of what I just said. To be honest with you, exactly. Because, like, you should be getting armor right away on him. Uh, what I do like is that sturdy armor is anti, so that seems relevant in this format. So, um, you should have a decent amount of armor even though he starts with low in bot. I think he has two in the alt. Yeah, he has two in all and one in bot. Yeah. So there, there's that aspect. That there's a low starting defense, but maybe having two in the bot was just too powerful. Um, and then it's just the fact that he's a specialist and that the cards are as powerful as other
0: combat drives. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, I think that was openly stated that in a recent first-party article that... The the way the different tribes end up working out and what their themes are, it's often specialists get the weird, quirky things, and you know, extra actions or extra plays or whatever. But they may or may not necessarily be on a direct power level as some of the other tribes are. Right, but I still think you can combo certain.
1: And, of course, by getting these, by getting this, you know, pseudo new design as you mentioned. So
0: unfortunately, you're probably not going to get too many wacky UFO plays with him, but can't no. have everything. <laughs> no. Um, but I do, I do look forward to trying him out. Uh, it, one of my concerns with it is that he's still, you're playing a three-wide build that just does combat better, which yes, the game is about combat steps, but other 3 wide. so if you think about, if it was blue, you get Battlefield Legend, or you get Octane, and then these other cards let you hit other guys outside of combat or if you're orange and you play Dinobots Grimlock will let you spill damage that sort of thing so you have to find the the niche for him in order to not just be a big guy who punches good
2: yeah that's but fair.
0: I think having that new designs gives you that flexibility. So he's another guy, unfortunately a super rare, but uh, I definitely want to try him out. I agree. Uh, moving from there, we are moving into Skytread before we talk about, cause he's kind of a segue into the more support bots. Um, so this was a guy that until the, cause we, we got the spoiler for him and then the, Press the advantage Band came sometime later. I don't remember exactly how long it came, but I remember looking at him initially and going, well, I guess he's just going to die. And now it's... sure. <laughs> I mean, you want him to so he can combine, but he was going to combine with, you know, he has a, a significant amount of defense, but he would have had 10 damage on him or something, and then he just gets pressed into oblivion. Now that... World has changed, so I'm definitely taking a different look at Skytread. But I think you were a lot like you're more enthusiastic about this guy in general. Is that correct, Scott? Or are you, or are you? This was just to fill out your list.
1: No, no, I'm I'm very enthusiastic about him because I haven't I haven't seen the perceived negative, and I don't know if it's actually to lose your hand.
0: So. Hmm. I mean, it sounds drastic, but to be honest, by the time this guy's combining, assuming you sequence your attacks properly, he's probably, you know, you lose, lose air quotes, two cards. He gets in, you get one of them back, and then the next turn you're going to draw one. You're losing stuff hypothetically if he were to die, but I don't think it's going to be that bad. Like, it doesn't seem that bad.
1: I mean, what I like about it is, I mean, if you have a large hand, which you probably want when he, when he combines, I mean, you're basically saying I'm turning all these cards in my hand into potential ups or whatever uh, flings, I guess. Yeah. Um, which doesn't see play because it has a cost to it of actually costing you a card. Here, you're basically getting that card back, like you're. I don't know. I guess you could say it's fling that draws like a card when you play it. Well, you know, if yeah. you think about it that way. So that is positive. Um, and it's just the fact that you get an extra, and you also get a large base attack without, again, without having a weapon or any other upgrades on him. Yeah, that's
0: that's six break point is pretty important.
1: Yeah, for twelve. Um, and. He has three defense. I mean, I, the way I like to look at him is, like, if you were just to think of him hypothetically as six... like, six, ten, three, he would only be slightly, you know, they could untap and attack again once. Mm-hmm. He would only be slightly understated. But what you get here is you basically get the ability on the fly to go from a deck to a two-tall deck.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um like, without having to sideboard. Yeah. So, I I just think that that's heard of, I guess. Um, Well,
0: we've seen it with, to some extent, with Aerial Bots, just because, I mean, they are both combiners, but it's turning into that more significant threat later in the game. And we've seen with Aerial Bots, now granted this guy doesn't have tough built in, he just has three defense to start. As opposed to one tough two. So point being is that my initial thought on him was, oh, he's going to combine. He's going to have like six health and just die. Given that press is not a problem, I think he's going to be a lot sturdier. And like you said, now he's a relevant attacker. You're air quotes drawing cards whenever he swings. He's growing on me. I think,
1: and there, there are, I mean, if you, if you piece him, he could be 18, right? Like, he would have no, or do you have, you have all the, do you have all the damage on
0: Yeah, like, you, the yeah, because you're dead, and then you're combining with the damage there, so you would ideally piece the tank to only have 8 damage on you.
1: So there's no way to avoid being, having... The the most hit points you can combine with it, right.
0: I believe no yeah. you can at most you're gonna be at, at ten.
1: Um, obviously like you
0: immediately quote gain back one.
1: Right. Um but that aside, like you can't cheat that system in
0: any way, I guess. I don't believe so. At least there's nothing yeah, I, I can think, I think of. Um, I don't think so either. But like you said, the again, he becomes a relevant attacker, he has the fling built in. If you're piecing, that means you're getting another attack. So you probably set this up so it's, I attack with a guy, well, I, I piece, turn into the comb- the combiner, get in with my other third guy, get in with the combined guy, untap, take another turn, attack with Skytread again. Mm-hmm. So you've played, air quotes, fling twice. You've drawn two cards or, you know, whatever's left. Maybe you only had one card. And you got a free attack. That seems like a very powerful turn cycle.
1: Yeah, like I said, I just have to play with him more to figure out whether or not the partners that you can place him with, if they're if they're very dependent on the battle cards, like is losing your hand that detrimental. That's the only thing I have right. to figure out. But I, I don't I think I don't think it's that big of a deal, but I have to see it.
0: Well, it's of course going to depend on you know naturally who the partner is and all that fun stuff, but because he doesn't require any flips to do all this nonsense, it opens up the obvious partners. We'll say he's a twelve stars. There's a few thirteens you could look at.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it's cool that like his the tribes of the plane and the tank, like, but like you can put like a tank only armor, have it carry over to the plane. Yeah, and and vice versa. So. Uh, to the bottom yeah could say.
0: i mean they would I mean, obviously that's, that's be dead old. once he is combined like mm-hmm. if you draw them afterwards but yeah it is something to keep in mind as you're you're constructing things as you could engineer those scenarios that okay the these cards do insane things and they they become even more incredible once if they go on a character that they quote unquote shouldn't be on yeah exactly so uh Anything else for for Skytred? Because he he like I said, I wasn't enthused by him initially, but he's been growing on me as of late. Again, I've never actually played in. I don't think I've actually
1: you actually played with Dreadwing, so like you've seen mm. the, the power of getting that extra like yeah. in the middle in the middle of a cycle. Um, right. I haven't actually played with play with him mm. uh, because I just watched you guys play with him. So like you
0: could. <laughs> Yeah, yeah
1: you, you, it's it's a powerful. So,
0: well, I, we've it's anybody out there who doubts it. Let's put it this way. Cars is a good deck, right? Mm-hmm. Why is cars good? I mean, there are a lot of reasons, but one of the big ones is you get on taps. Well, what if you started with your untaps every game like you always mm-hmm. have it that it all you have to do is set it up to make it happen and you got it. It's not a matter of, okay, I drew three quarters of my deck, but all my start my engines were in the bottom three cards or something like that.
1: Right, and you and you want to be the blocker of other characters in order to get the effect off, which I think is interesting.
0: This is like when we were talking about Springer and Octane and some of the earlier characters, that all of the abilities and all of the play patterns for the card built together so they mesh well and they synergize well, as opposed to other characters that sometimes they they just want to do two wildly different things, and then it hurts them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, moving from there, we have our last few sets of bots, and these are the more supplemental ones. So, the remaining three are Nightbird, Sights, and Tailwind. Um, So, we'll start with Nightbird. As I mentioned earlier, I personally feel that Nightbird and Octane, just by virtue of their star costs, were positioned to... Probably be some of the better or best mercenaries. Um, I think Nightbird. It's it's after thinking about it, it's tough to see or think about what abilities or excuse me actions you're actually going to be stealing that are going to be relevant. But the times that you do and you get that peace or tyranny or you get the the uh, burned action, the direct damage that you need you're going to blow people out uh, and there may not be a whole lot they can do about it.
1: Yeah. I just think with every attack, it's
0: going to be with every with, attack. What?
1: With her only starting at three attack. It's going to be yeah.
0: difficult. Well, she's one of the ones that benefits from the fact that a lot of the mercenary cards and their supplemental cards are black pips where it's okay. You can set it up where it's, I play bigger. They are on her. And four could close the deal on something, and then allow you to close the deal on something else because of what you get to play.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I still think I mean you still have to get you would have to get either play a bunch of bold cards or yes, uh, that's probably the easiest way. Um,
0: I mean, yeah, you just set, throw or- set up your deck and so. Random orange deck, go grenade launcher, reckless charge, kill that guy. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's always that, but I mean, again, it, it, it's a it's a world where that may not be as efficient. So, like, right? I I, I guess, and I, I and dual wield obviously will help her as well. Of course, to reach to reach that, I just I'm so more it, worried about her.
0: about her. What?
1: How do I like the good thing about and and. This later, but like the good thing about like, um, what's it called the, the plus two card that gives you the bounty?
0: Oh, a uh, contract contingency.
1: Yeah, is that you, the plus two is can go on anybody? It's only the second part that can go. on mm-hmm. it only matters for the for the mercenary. So that card's quote never dead. Yeah. Um, whereas dual I guess, is technically dead if she's dead, right? Um, and I don't, I don't think there's a lot of it. And like, I think. I think I'm, I don't even think it's possible to. Is there an eight drop mercenary? Yeah, I guess it is technically possible on a four-wide deck with two mercenaries. I think what you generally want to be doing is running the mercenary with, the other, with however many other characters you want to run. Bec- so she makes really good use out of the two opportune cards. That's for sure. Right. It's just it's just that whether or not she can make as effective use out of the the mercenary based cards as some of the other larger mercenaries can. So I think her main role is basically fueling the as opposed to getting fueled herself. Although I think like, how many cards do you want to be running for your 7 drop? You know what I mean? As
0: in what to
1: actually power her up? That revolve around her having to survive
0: well i don't think you you're required to run that many depending on what the partners are and that's i mean my initial thoughts were hey well this is now finally something i could run with with soundwave this is the answer it, i don't think it's going to be the answer um specifically the the promo soundwave i'm thinking about but given that she can fit into that that middle slot and still give you enough breathing room with a number of other compositions that's the advantage i Obviously, the Opportune Offensive, since you need to be playing it on Decepticons, it's or Opportune Repair for that matter, playing it on Autobots, it makes it a little more challenging because whereas with Octane, okay, the other two guys are smaller, clearly you want them to be Decepticons, give them Pierce, wonderful, they're off to the races. On the Autobot side, it's okay, well, I guess they would want Nightbirds so that you get access to the Repair but they're not the repair target. You have a big Autobot and she does give you,
1: or a safe or safe.
0: Yeah, that as well. Um, I agree that I don't think she's necessarily going to provide as much impact as say Octane, but I think she may show up just for, I want a mercenary, but I don't want to devote my team to the mercenary. So then she just fills that slot.
1: Right, which to me says like I, I guess the only card I, I I fear playing with her is Dual Wheel just because I just I think it could be dead. Um, yeah. Whereas like I, I think you would just run contract contingency regardless just because it it does something no matter. What
0: yeah. What I mean, the game you, you're, you're in, not so. thrilled by plus two, but it's still plus two. So yeah. So it, it has use in all. Phases. Yeah. I mean, the I the bo- Her
1: her main her main hmm. use is the opportunity. First.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Um, I And I think she definitely falls into the category of I'm playing her for the mercenary cards as opposed to playing her for the bounty because while you could get those blowout plays, it's going to be difficult to engineer those scenarios or more difficult than other options. And then even if you succeed, there's not necessarily... It's like, oh, I get to play Inspiring Leadership. Well, wonderful.
1: I mean, I actually think out of the... I think out of the sideboard, I think she, as a character, she's going to see ability mm. than out, out of the main deck just because, like you said, like, if you're going against an orange deck, for example, there just may not be a lot of opportunity to actually play anything because a lot of the actions gonna are going to play combat actions.
0: Right. Playing um, a supercharge is not thrilling. Like, right. And, I mean, playing a... it doesn't do anything. <laughs> I'll like, play reckless charge mm-hmm. post-combat. Great. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: Um, like, you're not going to, like, if you think about it, an Autobot aggro, I'm not going to just, like, you You can't play Confidence, you can't, like, it's not going to, it's going to be net negative, like, you can't hmm. play a combat action. If you think about the, the way that orange Autobot decks have been constructed in the Wave 3 meta, there just aren't going to be a lot of targets, like, your best ones are going to be the direct damage that they chose to play, as we've said before, so. Right. I think, I think, if we can't find a home for her, maybe. Think she's going to probably see more play to sideboard.
0: If she gets to that route, I don't know if we'll we'll see her at all. Only because is she your best sideboard option? Like, I'm I'm struggling to. I get where you're going with it. It's just going to be tough for me to to justify. I I don't know if that's going to turn an entire matchup around, and I kind of want my sideboard character to do that. It's possible. I mean, I think her best use is going to be in a...
1: I think she's going to... If a safeguard deck works, it's going to be based on her.
0: Yeah. I could definitely see that. Um, So moving from Nightbird, Sights is a character that's showing up in a lot of lists for a number of reasons. For me, at least, it's six stars, which is an awkward slot. He's a battle master that goes into... Being a util or becoming a utility means that he's not overriding typically or cannibalizing or however you want to look at it, the quote unquote important slots where, you know, you always want to be playing specific cards into them. But he also provides a huge power spike because of focus buffs on both sure. sides. Yeah, focus too. well, I just meant focus the. <laughs> The yeah. ability, but yes, Focus 2, he starts with Focus 1, he's ranged, it's like, this guy does everything, and for you don't have to shell out a whole lot for him. Um, it, I think you're doing the same thing, Scott, where it's finding reasons to not play him is the harder part.
1: Yeah, I think he has high survivability given his built-in Focus 9 hit point defense mm-hmm. to start with. Depending on how you build the deck. Um, So, I think there's that aspect as well. Um, Focus, we've already seen established well in a mixed pip deck. So, like, he can, again, you can think of him hypothetically as like a two in most combats. So, like, it's pretty decent. And and again, like any Batmaster, you're getting use out of a card after the character's dead, uh, which is obviously the key. But, like you said, I mean,. Plus one, plus one out of utility. I, I don't think exists at all, right? I mean, the closest we get to it is a cue reflex, right? Yeah, so cue reflex
0: is. Um, you could, I mean, if you treated aerial recon as that, because you get not focus, focus to dig for stuff, but a, it's not the same, and b, you also get other stuff from this guy. Yeah. So I mean
1: there's no utility in this power level. Yeah. Like like ubiquitously on this power level.
0: And I think um, this guy fits in a number of different things. I mean the obvious like you were saying, he's a he's a four nine two, hypothetically, but even in we'll call it not focus focused decks, as strange as that sentence mm-hmm. sounds, uh he still digs for double pips. Or white pips, Mm -hmm. which, you know, even a a singularly focused orange deck is going to have double oranges and it's probably going to have some white pips. So it's go find them. Uh, So this guy could be punching harder or surviving more than most people would expect.
1: Yeah, I just think the fact that you get, uh, I mean, the numbers I've ran with focus two and plus one, plus one, I mean, you're just. You're just in improving your combat leaps and balance your you're playing. Absolutely. You that focus deck.
0: I mean, the only thing I can say is uh, I wish it was horrible or somebody like that. I know they're not battle masters, only so we could say the Red Bull gives you wings. Wow. It yeah. had to be said. <laughs> um, so will, anything else for sites <laughs>
1: uh, he's ring, he's it also
0: yes we did th- I did mention that earlier but yeah we didn't really touch on it it's the guy does just about everything it, it's incredible yeah I, I mean I think
1: I think I think a, in wave one most most what most powerful battle master in labor that this- it was should have been fire drive. I don't think there's any doubt I don't think we're gonna be wrong. This is the best for this set.
0: I mean his comp we talked about Vanguard at length, but like who were the the autobot one is kind of awful um <laughs> utility wise yeah, 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 the utility one the uh there's the decepticon armor uh and then well, Calibers is pretty decent, the decepticon weapon. I don't remember what the Autobot one is.
1: Uh, It's the MiloPone.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. That one... I mean, that one's unique, but I don't... I don't know where that fits right now. If Stay it fits far. anywhere. I mean, yeah, that's what we talked <laughs> about, but I don't know if that's... We don't know if that's a thing yet. <laughs> um, I, I don't
1: think it is, but that's where it should fit.
0: Right. I mean, that would logically be where it would exist. Uh, So, moving on from there... Closing out, I know you had a couple other guys that you might want to bring up also as a recap, Scott, but uh, we're closing out with Tailwind. So, did you intend this guy to just be a catch-all for the Lords or specifically Tailwind?
1: Uh, Specifically Tailwind.
0: Yeah, I I do like this guy the most, probably followed by Powertrain. Um, But he... Tell us about why you care about this one in particular.
1: Uh, he just has very good stats. Um,
0: Pile of stats.
1: Yeah, he for a five drop. I, I mean, even without his ability, uh, which doesn't have to flip to be used, um, he has stats on par with other five drops that are combiners. Mm-hmm. Better in certain situations, like um,
0: and not really difficult would- to engineer
1: situations either. No, and when you add in the fact that, I mean, flipping, flipping a scoundrel blaster with this guy is flipping a security checkpoint. Flipping a right. bashing shield with this guy is flipping a triple arm.
0: That um, seems okay.
1: All right. So, I mean, and did I mention this is a five drop? Um, yeah. And he gives it to other characters.
0: Yep. Um We saw General Optimus granting just bold one and tough one to other characters is pretty good giving them plus two seems all right
1: yeah what i find interesting about the Lord general i mean i think i've seen a battle master ability used twice in in my or i have micro master ability twice in all the time they've been available yeah i mean there just aren't a lot of situations where it's that easy to pull off and so um, where you want to be using, losing an attack to gain one action play essentially, um, right? So if you look at him, even alone, because he is a member of Airstrike Patrol, so he would give the bonus to himself. Um, you 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 just have great stats for a five drop, range yeah. character that doesn't that doesn't need to flip. Exactly, and when you when you then add in the fact that, like, he gives the same exact ability, everyone else is patrol. I mean, you're talking about now suddenly having that are significant numbers in decks that you don't really need to engineer that much differently than decks you're building normal. Get that right. ability?
0: Yeah, I completely so. agree. There, that it's a very low investment for a pretty decent payoff. We're not talking that you know. These guys aren't hitting for seventeen like the wheel jacks of the world, but it's a respectable amount across that number of characters. And again, similar to where we were talking about, if we look at the patrol, in, in the comparison I'm going to make is to Jetfire and the the quote unquote one tall characters. The patrols now provide something unique where we we had seen it somewhat at Gen Con with uh, Joe was playing that. Of Joe from Wreck and Rule was playing that wide pierce deck. But the and aerial bots obviously was a thing, but it gives you another way to play wider blue, potentially, or super wide orange on a number of fronts. And like you said, it it artificially creates more double pip cards in your deck. Which is yeah. not something it, like that's not to be discounted. Yeah, these guys effectively have a blank text box if you're not considering the micro masterpiece but if you're if they're base five because of the these theoretical extra double pips or base three armor or whatever it changes a lot of things and how a lot of decks interact
1: i mean what else are you really looking for i mean like we know the best one in the game gives one to your entire team right? Um, you know, other popular ones have pure sequel their attack. Like, what do you really... Like, uh, the other combiner pieces are like, maybe they'll net draw you cards. Maybe they'll net to a damage. Like, I don't really know what you can be looking at. This character right. does a lot of that red so...
0: I think he's going to show up a relatively decent amount simply because, exactly what you said, he can fill out teams and accomplish... He's still threatening as a five-drop, which is, when we were talking about earlier characters, that's not very common. Mm -hmm. So he can definitely put a hurt on, or at least represent some hurt, so your opponent has to pay attention to it. He can't just go, oh, whatever, I'll send my guy out there, because your five-drop might get there. On either side of the, like, in an orange deck,
1: just by flipping a green, you're defending better, vice versa on a blue deck. So like. He's getting there decent or defending decent, no matter which side of and you're it, starting on, let alone if you're...
0: Yeah, that's actually a good point, because if you're defending even for one more, that could... Your opponent's math may now have to be, I either have to punch him with my medium or large character, which they clearly aren't going to want to do, or they have to invest... That reckless charge invests that erratic lightning or whatever weapon they have available in order to secure it because otherwise you could whiff by one and then that could really lose you the game on the spot
1: yeah and to be honest with you i actually find his eventual ability to be like not even relevant because you almost gain that amount of stats
0: just, just from flipping
1: a, flipping a green,
0: yeah, comparatively where the other lords may want to try and go for that, this guy I could certainly see just never transforming, yeah team or I, I, I mean if you're running the whole team and all the other ones are dead, then you you transform because you're a six eight four, sure but that requires all of them to be dead, and that still may be a weird scenario to happen.
1: Yeah, whereas, like, you are you really losing that much by not having all your other characters dead? Yeah, exactly.
0: So. So that, it, we went definitely longer than I thought we were going to. I was targeting 45 minutes. Didn't happen. <laughs> um, what can you do? Yeah, it, it, there's a lot to say about these guys, especially since we're excited about these ones. Um, so were there any others that we missed that you want to talk about, Scott?
1: I'm trying to think of characters, other players
0: talking about um from i, mean, the competitive I mean in general that the set as a whole like we said at the top there's a lot of things that change and some of these other ones it, just because we highlighted these doesn't mean these are the only ones there there's a lot of characters that seem to have potential which we talked about it offline i feel like there's a lot more in this set than siege one that could be there or are there for all we know yeah, I mean,
1: like the main like there are certain battle cards that have certain characters that I liked. Uh, uh, so there's that aspect, of course. Um, but I mean that aside, uh, there's anybody else. Uh, I mean, the main thing, the main unexplored part to me, and the main unexplored, I mean, I, is is the safeguard thing because i be, and I think how do I say it like i, I think it's going to be a difficult ability for us to ever effectively test because of how our decks are built um yeah so so I don't there is it. that
0: I mean I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm matter, not a huge yeah. fan of it anyway because even outside of those scenarios I think like hot rod has the most potential simply because okay you get an extra action you could do hypothetically something mean the problem is is that i mean you've said it before being in the mode with safeguard versus the mode you want to attack in or the ability you're trying to get is going to be a challenge direct damage obviously is going to be a challenge but if we put that aside you now like if you want to get more value out of the safeguard so the opportune repairs of the world are you is it worth spending half your turn healing random hot rod for three as opposed to like I can see the value of healing octane for three healing hot rod in alt mode for three doesn't seem like i'm I'm setting the world on fire
1: I mean the thing about hot rod though is he doesn't ever want to be in the other mode until he, him so there's plenty of time to just,
0: well I mode. think he I again don't have him up in front of me but i think he has better stats in the other mode like attacking stats um but i get Uh, your point I i think they're irrelevant well yes that 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 is not untrue um but i don't know that i mean i guess if it's you're effectively blunting their attack every turn so like if you can play a heal three every turn they're doing no damage as long as they're attacking a safeguard guy. I don't know if that's a reasonable thing to create. Like I I don't he's know. Five,
1: if... He's 5 12 1 in fight uh, mode and 12.
0: I mean in all it, modes though. So. Yeah, it's not a significant difference. No. Um I don't know. I I don't know if there are enough heal 3s at the moment. To make safeguard, and this is another one that might fall in the category of like, I don't know if that deck should exist because that would be intensely frustrating to play against. I mean, I guess the answer is just play direct damage, but I could see where that would lead to a quote unquote negative play pattern.
1: Uh, I mean, does scrapnel do a negative play pattern? I don't know. Just something you have to deal with. Like,
0: well, but the difference with scrapnel is you are, I mean there is an argument to be made that he has a negative play pattern. But <laughs> <Sure. Before. laughs> um, in, on a more serious note, like you are advancing, eliminating Scrapnel. If say you had a whole team of safeguard guys, which I don't know if you could, but let's say you could, and yeah. you could play a heal three every turn. Your opponent is literally doing no damage. They, yeah. Like Your guys will, they can't die outside of they have direct damage, so that you can pop the safeguard and get beyond that. That's why I'm saying if that were to exist down the line, because I I don't know if it's there now, that that could be an issue. I just think
1: I, I just think being able to get it off a couple, like I mean, it, it, it helps going second. It helps. You you basically take the three against aggressive decks. Yep. It's it's the most you can take, let's just put it that way. Yeah. Um, And then I just think if you can somehow engineer it where you you can get the ability off one more time or something like that, and basically essentially blank their attack or have a force field that sticks around type of situation, Mm -hmm. I think that's, quote, good enough.
0: Yeah, I mean, it It could be. I just don't know. I mean, maybe it's Hot Rod, Nightbird, something, so you can get the Opportune. I don't know. Because I feel like you have to have Opportune Repair, therefore you have to have Nightbird, I think, because I don't think any of the other Mercenaries are worth pairing with, because like Hot Rod's nine, I think.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I guess you could go Hot Rod, Detritus, five drop. And then you get I your... He-, he, costs, he
1: only costs 11, I always forget.
0: Yeah, there, there actually isn't a 12-drop one, which is interesting that they skipped that gap. I don't know but, if that's...
1: Okay, I said that earlier, he was 12, so I'm wrong. So he is only 11.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So, I mean, you could do something like that, and then, you know, you have deck. Because you got your Detritus heals, you got your Mercenary heals, you got your Safeguard, you got all this stuff. I don't know if that's one of those, I just don't lose, as opposed to I actually win the game sort of decks. Where your opponent will have a billion turns to, to kill you, so because they're being proactive about it, they'll eventually get there.
1: It's possible. I mean, it, it's worth noting that like there's no Safeguard they cost less than so...
0: There's no safeguard that
1: what? They cause less. I think they're all cars. I mean, like, I think there's something there. Um, Even if it's just an O, by the way. uh, Let's try to make, like, you know, get this ability off. I I just wanted to, like... We have, like... I mean, technically, we have no revenge or see. But uh, the revenge characters are all that great. So, like, of the three keywords that I think bounty the most... Yes. see play that we can, I mean, identify, but there, if there may be something there would save, we haven't even tried. So.
0: I was, yeah, speaking of revenge, I, I meant to bring up Trypticon earlier. I, I really wish, I don't know. I'm still going to try. It's not looking great. Uh, <laughs> maybe I just haven't discovered what it is, but he feels intensely fragile for somebody with that much health. And if you make him more defensive, he just feels like he doesn't do anything
1: yeah I mean, I think it's a I think you just basically have to run him around the the revenge abilities on the lower
0: smart I agree I mean I had thought obviously you could run him orange he gives his the guys bold so now they're punching hypothetically for decent numbers, but you run into some challenges especially if you don't see the deploy card mm-hmm. and then if you go the blue path you're <clears throat> You're obviously not hitting as hard. So I think the bold there is actually you want to run more black pips so that those little guys with the bold are going to find the black pips to actually push damage. Um, But then that doesn't help Trypticon himself that much. And you're also because you can't run a mercenary, you're very limited on playable black pips because otherwise you're like, I'm, I'm not running crowbar, you know, or something like that. <laughs> I'm not, I don't sure. want to anyway. <laughs> Although it is, that's a funny image, Triptychon wielding crowbars, but <laughs> that may just be me getting tired thinking that's hilarious. No, I think it's fair. Um, I don't know. I really do want Triptychon to work. I was really excited when we saw him and I just haven't been able to find the right the right thing for him just yet. But maybe it's out there and somebody else will figure it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's... I don't think I mean yeah that's I think that's most of the characters that I've seen I mean there's other ones we talked about that I think we may have uh, you know may still see play like there's the the one I can't find at home Thunder, I just can't find home is under Thundercracker, you said yeah and then uh, like I I can't envision the Omega Spring, so I just don't
0: I do want I to try that because he's he's another one that's just like it's so weird. I mean, it's a combiner, so it's I guess it's not that weird anymore. But he's unique enough that I want to try it. Um, but I don't know for Thundercracker. I mean, I feel like mercenaries are all. Like he's got a mercenary teammate. Yeah, I just think his stats are not. I think his foot good. Yeah, it may just not be enough. I mean, I I tweeted it out because uh, out of context, Transformers had a, a funny excerpt from the IDW comics about Thundercracker. I do love Thundercracker, and I wish any of them were a thing, but I don't know if it's time to shine yet. Yeah. And I guess the only character we
1: didn't talk about was Lockdown. Yeah. And we didn't, and we didn't talk about Word Megatron. We didn't talk about Optimus.
0: Well, Those I mean, we we could her. we could <laughs> cover the whole thing again, but we'll be here for no. another four hours. um the like i said, the the depth of characters, and I think that that's probably where we can summarize is just the depth of characters that provide unique things is just insane. I like, just about every character, I pick them up and I go, "I want to try something with this." And for many of them, it's a significant departure from what we've already seen.
1: Yeah, they're not simply a better stated of a rune something
0: else. Right. This feels like, and you said it earlier, when we got Wave 2 and we got Combiners, and it's like, wow, this is a totally different thing. A lot of these characters feel that way. Um, more so, again, like, I don't want to put down Battlemasters because they are very impactful, and they've had a lot of significant influence on everything from deck construction to play patterns to whatever, a lot of these characters seem to take that a step further in this set without just being, like you said, I have plus one, plus one over the last guy. Right. So, well, I think that we can call it a show at that point. I don't know if we'll break this one up because this one's kind of long, but we'll. Uh, it might make more sense to just leave the battle cards as its own thing and each of them are long. We'll see. But uh, as always... Everybody out there, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And please tune in next time for more Tech Talk. Dan here from VectorSigma.info. We wanted to take this moment to thank all of our patrons for believing in the service we're providing. If you're not yet a member of a Patreon, feel free to click on the link for other podcasts like this one or Verse videos or any of the other great content that we provide on our YouTube channel. Thanks, guys.